Welcome to The Choice, where we give you the truth and uh, you choose whether to believe it or not. I'm Jonathan. Of course, this is Marshall. We won't say that forever, but since this is a new podcast, we're going to do that. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about, I guess, uh, a false teacher, actually, uh, and false teaching in itself. So we're going to go over a video and critique some of the things that he is he is saying you know we're, we're gonna do it we're gonna try to do it from the heart of god but at the same time uh this this video may infuriate a lot of people out there who are believers and uh but we want to keep the deceptive and the deception out of it becoming normal so we have to expose these kind of things this isn't getting into the semantics of of like Bethel and Hillsong and all of those, those they have their their issues, but they're still a church. Yeah, who, they still believe Jesus. They died believe for their Jesus sins. died for their sins. Yeah, right. they have the same precepts as as most Christians, right. as ninety nine percent of them. So, but here we're gonna actually expose a true false teacher, and and we're gonna do that using God's word. So all uh, in Christian love. All in Christian love, but you know. Um, <laughs> so, um, I was, um, go ahead. I, I was sending, I, I sent this video to Jonathan and, um, cause I've, I know who this guy is. I've, his name is Brandon Robertson. I've seen many of his videos. And, um, so I sent it to, I said, Hey, I'd like to like to react to this guy. You know, I'd like to get, I'd actually like to get your reaction. And he's texting me every five or 10 minutes. Oh man, this guy is so off. Oh man. How does this guy even believe what it, man? And it was like, I was, I was like, I was so excited. Cause like, yeah, that's the. That's the type, that's the reaction I have when I'm listening to someone so, um, like seriously pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's one thing if you're an atheist, this guy claims to be a minister and he says, I am a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ Mm. and he uses Jesus's name. And so in my view, scripturally, that's a more serious offense than even someone who's just directly direct, directly denying no, I, I don't believe in any God or I'm an idolater or whatever to take the name of Christ. Um, it's, it's so serious. And um, yeah, this is where the vanity comes into play, right? You, the vanity of taking his name, you know, um, yeah. you can't attribute falseness to Christ and right. you can't, you can't manipulate his words though. The entity that manipulated the words of Christ against Christ himself and Adam and Eve is 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 actually Satan. So yeah. that's how that's where blasphemy sort of lies in the place. You know, blasphemy is pretty serious, but yeah. you know, hey, if it's if a skunk is a, if a skunk is black and white and it smells like a skunk, you know, it's probably a skunk. Might be a skunk. Yeah. So. All right. Well, yeah, we're gonna start it off. I think we're we'll go to maybe three minutes into the video. Okay. And uh, the first, um, we'll have to break this into sections. And uh, I want to make this stuff, you know, so that I don't think a lot of you guys will miss it. But um, the, 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 there's going to be three basic sections to the, to the interview that is Sean McDowell is interviewing Brandon Robertson. And Sean McDowell is an apologist. And his father was actually an apologist. Uh, I think it was Josh McDowell. Like very, very popular. He wrote tons of books. and Earned five doctorates, you know, yeah. in, you know, the, the, yeah, honorary doctorates from his work. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the first section is going to be about the word of God. And these, okay, so just to cl- just to make it clear out front, 
this interview actually did kind of make me angry a little bit, but I appreciate Sean McDowell because what Sean is doing is intentionally trying to extend a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And so he is literally just listening basically to Brandon. He does offer some pushback a little bit, but for the most part, the point of what Sean McDowell is doing, and I've seen him in other interviews as well, is just kind of like extending the arm so mm. that there's a there's a ability to have a conversation there. So for us, we were both chomping. He's chomping at the bit while we're listening to Brandon Robertson say this stuff. But I do. I, so I will say I appreciate that, even though it was a little frustrating. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 the, the whole interview is frustrating. It's a pretty yeah. long interview. We're not going to do the whole thing, of course, but we're going to break this up, up yeah. in a series. So um, uh, the, what, what I appreciate about Sean, Sean McDowell, too, is that he, he's allowing the, the interview to, to be taken by uh, Brandon, you know, which leads to the over over overexposure of what he believes, really. Yeah, right. So, and and it, which is what we are trying to see, you know, because right. we, we don't want it, any any of that uh, that kind of philosophy becoming the norm. Because today's society is really tough because people are latching onto things that obviously are pretty much insane. So. The truth doesn't need to be one of those things. Um, so, yeah. did you? I'm gonna go ahead and play this yeah, video. Yeah, go for it. All I, right. I, sorry, I just thought of a scripture as you were saying that. And that means sometimes our doctrines are gonna change, and sometimes our theology is gonna need to shift, and our ethics are gonna need to morph. But the consistent foundation for a progressive Christian is a devotion to following Jesus. Um, and I know we're gonna get into what exactly that means we are. when I say that, but. Yeah, that's what I would say a progressive Christian is. You know, it's interesting. Roger Olson has a recent book called Against Liberal Theology, in which he, he says, putting the brakes on progressive Christianity and says there's not the tradition within progressive Christianity that there is within liberal Christianity. But that's a debate you could take up with Roger for now. Let's get down to some of the issues of uh, where I think you and I are going to differ pretty significantly and let's start with where you start in your book on page five. So this is the second paragraph, chapter one. You have this line, and I want to read it. It's about the Bible. And I want to know how you view the Bible and handle the Bible. And here's the quote. It says, there's much to critique about the Bible. Yet this collection of writings has endured for thousands of years because within it is a deep understanding of the human condition and the problems that we face. So right away, I don't know that that's very controversial, that it's a collection of writings, it's endured thousands of years, tell us a lot about the human condition. Fair enough. Page 63, I'll read this, and then I want you to weigh in. He said, I believe that the Holy Spirit is within you and me, and also inspired folks to sit down and write out their own stories and experience of God long ago so we might wrestle with and learn from their perspectives. These humans, like us, have finite perspectives. They're doing their best to describe the world as they see it and God as they understand God. Sometimes they say crazy stuff that we should, italics, disagree with. Stuff that doesn't align with how we've come to understand God, the life, or the world, and that's okay. Now, as I read this, it sounds like you're saying the Bible's endured, gives us a lot of spiritual insight, but it's a conversation partner that we can consider amidst other perspectives that we have accept some, dismiss others. Is that fair? I think you articulated it uh, pretty concisely. Um, I agree with the language of the Bible being inspired by God. I agree with the fact that the writers of scripture um, were 
trying to communicate truth as best as they know how. But as you just quoted, I believe that the Bible is a thoroughly human document. And whenever humans attempt to speak about God, um, we fall short. C.S. Lewis has this poem, A Footnote to All Prayer, where he says, all of our words are but living <laughs> metaphors when we're speaking about God. And I think that's true for the Bible. Um, that's not just an opinion, though. I think um, objectively there are the, the approach of inerrancy uh, that a lot of evangelicals take is just patently false. And when you pull that brick out of an evangelical's theology, that's the thing that everything stands upon and the whole theology begins to collapse. I think that's just an unwise foundation to build your faith upon. I don't think Christians traditionally believe that the Bible was the sole foundation of our faith. I don't traditionally think Christians throughout the ages believe that every aspect of the Bible needed to be taken as literally, factually, scientifically, historically true. And in my own faith, it was the, the assertion of evangelicals that I needed to believe everything literally, objectively about the Bible that came up against reality when I started studying um, and getting a broader education um, that caused me to begin going into a crisis of faith. And I know that's where so many people's deconstruction journey begins sure. because of the belief of inerrancy. Okay, John, go ahead. You go first. I got a lot of stuff I want to say. Well, um, let's see. I uh, I just know that uh, learn, learning learning the Word of God over a lifetime, and and getting to scriptures. Well, even even when Christ is is talking about how, what is he saying to? You? Is it a scripture that you you no? It's not a scripture that you read. I forget when he was talking. He's talking to the Pharisees, and he's basically telling them the same thing that you know it's it's not so much it's about. The doing than it more than it is uh -huh. about just the the teaching, right? Yeah, right. Uh, you, you think you have salvation in the scriptures, right? But the scriptures speak of me. Yeah, he says those who those who teach these, oh. you know, is one thing, but those who teach and do what I command yeah, right. is another thing, right? Yeah. And then he says in there that if you add add to this mm -hmm. or take away from it, you know, then you won't enter the kingdom of heaven, basically. Jeez. So it's it's basically. You know, tell that's when Serious he's getting baptized. Stuff. I think there's something or John the Baptist. I can't even remember where that is right now. There's multiple times yeah. in scripture. Deuteronomy, Revelation, where, where it specifically says you don't add or take away from and, the word and, of God. And you know, whenever you start to dismantle um the word of God in in this manner, right? You start to take away the your own foundation of belief if you say that you're right a Christian, right? Yeah, yeah, Regardless yeah. of progressive, whatever. Yeah. Because if you don't have the word of God, then what do you have? Dude, you know. <laughs> I think you probably should get a little closer. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So do you got any, any more any more? Uh and I, I wanted to say, because I know we're gonna go into the word and, and yeah, about yeah. the word, and this is what he's talking about, how yeah. it's sort of fallible, right? Basically. Yeah. I wanna I wanna reference Chuck Misler again, and I will do that probably through this whole podcast. Yeah, right. And and there's a video, and if you, I'm gonna I'm gonna I think it's called the the uh it's called multiples if you look up chuck misler and 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 type in multiples he'll show you that mark was written and every word and that jesus spoke in there amounts to a number mm. and if you divide it it's divisible by seven right okay that's not a big deal then if you take every other word that jesus did not say mm -hmm. and you divide it by seven it's a factor of seven yeah then if you take the entirety of the entire book divided by seven, right. 
and then it also is a multiple of seven. If you take the entire unoriginal words that Jesus uses from uh -huh. another scripture in the Old Testament and you put them all together, it's divisible by seven. And that goes on and on. And it's like yeah. it's like 10 to the 43rd times five or uh -huh. something, something like that of chances of that happening. This is just the validity of how designed the right. Bible is. You know, it's a designed yeah. document by something that man could never do. They were inspired to write yeah. the books, but the design in it in itself will tell you that this book is not only uh, divine, right. but it is the Word of God. It's an extraterrestrial message. It's a yeah. message that is outside of our... Yeah, realm. absolutely. It's just the, the arrogance to come to, you know, this is something that Kent Hovind said often. The, the Bible is the anvil that's wore out many hammers. <laughs> you know, many skeptics or whatever Randy Robertson is, scoffers, have tried to discount the Word of God. And it's it's just it's it's foolish but before we get into it i, I when you were the first thing you said about vain philosophies and, and i got i i remember it's colossians 2 8 it says beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after christ hmm. for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the godhead bodily so is he? Paul is warning, you know, Christians. He's like, don't listen to vain philosophy. Ooh. There's there's going to be we fine sounding yeah. arguments. So the um, the the point I want to make about the Word of God is 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 it's a the the Word of God claims to be the Word of God, just like Jesus claimed to be the Son of God and mm. he claimed to be God. Oh, it's true. And we're going to get into that later in, in this. I think it's the second section about Jesus and the deity of Christ. So just like Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, and you can't take that away from him, the Bible also claims to be the words of God. Not just, you know, um, well, yeah, this is a travel journal, or this is, you know, a, a good suggestion, or whatever, or there's wisdom in here, but really, you know, I'm the one who decides. And I, I'm just going to go through this, because I think the word clearly uh, testifies of itself. So I'm going to, um, first one is Psalm 12, uh, verse 6. It says, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Seven is a number of completion what? and a number of perfection. Again, we don't. I don't know what he's going to read. We just <laughs> meet up and we start doing this. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. <laughs> Not only are the words of the Lord pure, tried seven times, which is a number of perfection and number of completion, but he's promised to preserve them from this generation to uh, forever. And then it's, uh, I, I got a couple right here in the Psalms. It's... Um, Psalm 8, where is it? Oh, yeah, Psalm 1830. And I, I actually just just like came, came across these right here. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. <laughs> you got all I mean... these scriptures, dude. It's just crazy, man. Psalm 19, verse 9. Uh, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? He's asking the question, where can a young man cleanse his way? Right. By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Mm. And then I just got, I could do these for a long yeah, time. Well, I could go through these. And I, but but I, I've got I, just a couple more from the New Testament. I got, this is the words of Jesus right here. This is Mark 12, 24. He says, and, G and talking to the Pharisees, he says, And Jesus answered, said unto them, Do ye not therefore err, 
because ye know not the scriptures, neither the power of God. Their error is that they didn't know the scriptures. Mm. You got Brandon Robson here telling me, well, I, you know, you know, you can take it, basically take it or leave it. It's, you know, it's kind of like a... It's, it's an inspired book by people who wrote it. I'm not even going to quote 2 Timothy 3.16, which is the most famous one, because, I, you know, that's the one everyone uses. All scripture is God-breathed, profitable for doctrine. But, like, check this out. This is this is Second Peter. Uh, so this, this, you got to understand, these are guys that walked with Jesus, and Jesus himself always would talk about the scriptures. This is Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 20. He says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. He's... It's like you can't you can't read the word and and not get this perspective when you read it. Right. The word is God breathed. Mm -hmm. And later yeah. he's gonna say, Well, yeah, it's inspired like I mean, just like, the word in spirit, right? Is the where the word inspire comes from. Yeah. And when God created you, he right. breathed his life into right. you. Yeah. And that's how you were animated is through God's yeah, right. breath. Right. So that word came from the, the word inspiration. Is from God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the word in itself. So yeah, it, it's, it's to me, it's so disingenuous the way Brandon speaks because he'll use Christian terminology, but then at the same time, so twist and pervert the me the actual message of the oh, disciples. Oh, it, it gets nasty. And the message yeah. of Jesus, <laughs> when you know it's it's so obvious. Like you know, we we quoted in a couple episodes ago when, in Matthew five when Jesus says, you know, not one jot, or t no one jot or tittle will pass from the law till all has been fulfilled. Right. He's talking about commas on the page or like the dotting of an eye. Mm -hmm. He's not, he says that that's how specific he's going to yeah. be. Oh, and that's, that's how and, specific And, and the Jesus word is. also says, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's right. So, you know, the, the testimony of scripture that speaks of itself, if you just read the Bible, you're going to realize, oh, wow, this book is, it's claiming to be divine, just like Jesus claimed to be divine. What's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, actually. And then when you, and then when you talk about, you know, which we're not getting into today, but you, you talk about some of the miraculous, you know, you just look at some of the prophecies about, about the Messiah, about Jesus, you know, and how they, there was like 300 different prophecies in the Old Testament. 365, I think. And it's, you know, it's the, it's just impo the impossibility that that was, well, that just happened by chance. You know, we talked about the genealogy of Genesis 5. I don't know if Brandon Robertson knows about that, but like, I, I, so. I would, I would read, I, if I were with Brandon Robertson, I would go through, I would read Gen, Genesis five, yeah. read the genealogy and then talk about the message. And because it's, it's like, you're talking about the sevens, like the, the word of God is not, it's, 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 it's alive, you know, it, it's, it's alive and it's active. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about the thing that you're saying is, and I'm just, and I'm just going to tie onto it mm -hmm. is like when I was younger, you know, I, I I I was trying to find out about the Church of Laodicea. I was reading mm. that in the Revelations, and I told you that yeah. you know that's just you know I was you become stagnant. I'll spew you out of my mouth. Mm. Well, and then I visited a a friend of mine, and his father was uh, in the ministry. You know, and and he said uh, that did you know that church is built in between a church that is on a hot spring, mm. and then a church that's built on on colder waters, right? right? right. And, and I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah." He's like, "Not only were they in a like a, on a bog or whatever, uh, you know, stagnant water, right. but the church was stagnant in itself, yeah. you know." So I learned at that point in my life, and I was I was probably eighteen years old, nineteen years old. That wow. the further you look into God, the more there is 
you know? Yeah, right. You know, you can dig and dig and dig, and God would reveal something to you even more and yeah. more and more. You know, that's yeah. why one scripture for some people can last like a couple weeks, you know, yeah. for them to like really live out, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's like taking a cup from the ocean, you know, and yeah. it's, it's like, you know, there's so much in, the, in that cup and you can understand everything about water in the cup. You can know all the, all the properties of water, but then you stand in front of the ocean and you're, and you look at the vastness and the depth and you realize I'll never understand this thing. I'll never grasp how deep the sea goes. I'll never yeah. grasp how wide the sea is. It's impossible. It's like that with the word of God. It's like you're saying every step you go further into truth or into, <laughs> into God revealing himself yeah. through his word. Yes. You realize, wow, I didn't even know what I didn't know. Yeah. I had a friend. It's amazing. I had a friend of mine. Uh, well, it was a pastor of mine. who said that like his, his, I guess you would say father of faith or somebody who led him to be a pastor, right? He was saying that that guy was preaching and he had been pastor for 20 years, right? And, and, uh, God, and he was praying to God and God came a vision and he's like, he goes, so you're pretty deep into the water, aren't you? And he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, how deep do you think you are? You know? Uh -huh. And the guy was like, I think I'm up to my chest, God, and in, 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 in you, you know? And he goes, yeah. you're not even up to your ankles. He was, yeah, you, know? Right, right. you know what I mean? So it's like, there's yeah. a very humbling uh, thing about reading the word. Uh, it really opens your spirit up to, to one, to accept the fact that you're, you're fallible, just like every other individual, just like Brandon's fallible. We love Brandon. That doesn't mean that we don't love him. We just yeah. don't like the heresy that he's preaching. That's right. all, you know? And so we bring that kind of thing to light and, and then, uh, show you scripture that is going to refute what he's saying. And if he's he's building his house on sand is what he's yeah. doing, really. That's right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say as well. That, that, that Back to Matthew 7, I think it's Matthew 7, 24, where Jesus is talking about foundations. Mm -hmm. and he says, the wise man builds his house on the rock, mm -hmm. and the rock is Jesus Christ or, or Yahweh. Yeah. The fool builds his house in the sand. And what you what you'll what you'll notice about Brandon is that he will contradict himself constantly. Oh, he he he'll say things like, "Yeah, there are there are truths that I hold in tension." You know, well, well, yeah, he's okay with contradictions in his own worldview, but when it comes to the Word of God, yeah. he's like, "Well, that's false. That's clearly false." Or he said something like, uh, "People that believe in in the um, the doctrine of uh, the inerrancy of Scripture, it's patently false." Wow. But the, but then but then you ask him, you know, specific questions and he'll say, "Well, you know, yeah, I hold that intention." It's it's almost like later he I I want to get into that yet because it's I want to do it later, but it's it's the inconsistencies. Yeah. And yeah. and it, clearly he doesn't see it. But yeah. I'm watching it and I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's he doesn't understand what truth is." Right. Because truth is what what what, what the Lord says and what he's revealed. And truth is true whether I whether I believe it or not. That's right. But for Brandon, truth is is well my opinion is ultimately true yeah, and so he has it he's, his, he's his own truth yeah. right and so in this video you have somebody who actually has a doctorate uh sean mcdowell has a doctorate yeah you know in uh and he basically does you know this religion thing for for his life that's his life his life is is basically been you know to to, to know christianity to know the word to know about god to know about christ and so he's basically taken a humble position to listen to this guy while this guy is taking an authority position. Right. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Over the word of God, you know. Dude. It, you could see he holds himself, Sean holds himself so well, but you can see his, <laughs> his brow furrow like a few times where, 
like if he were to release the the things that like probably are are tempting to be said, it probably wouldn't be good on 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 his yeah. on his uh, on his stature as far as in the Christian community. So, but instead he he uses a humble approach, uses love, and and allows the guy to speak. And really, man, it's just some of the things that he says are just so difficult to even listen to. Dude, that's so true. What you just said about him, he puts himself above the word. And he does hold such a, it's such an arrogant position. Oh man, it's like. And of course he will claim that we're arrogant because we say, yeah, the Bible's the word of God, which I never understood because I'm not claiming myself as an authority. Right. I'm saying I submit to an authority that's outside of me, which mm-hmm. is which is God. I, I only know anything because of God's, re- through his revelation. But yet Brandon will, yeah, yeah you said it perfectly. Yeah. It's, it, he, he holds himself above and he holds himself in a position of authority. Yeah. He yeah. is the ultimate judge to say, well, yeah, that part's true because I agree with it. But this part where, you know, clearly God's calling out my sin. Well, no, I don't agree with that. Then I can talk about the you know, And I wanted to read more of the scripture. Also just share the reason why I think it's so important. Because I don't see this a lot in um, in like different Christian videos is people just opening up the word. And actually, I appreciate they do in this in this verse. Yeah. Because the word, this is why why I do it. Why I think it's so important to actually open up the word and just read it. And this is Hebrews 4, 12. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, Oof. and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Wow. And that's why I go to the Word, because we can talk about apologetics, and we can talk about, you know, yeah. well, well, this bone is that that old, and, you know, fossil record and all this different stuff. But when I just open up the Word, and then I just say, well, look, man, this is what it says, and, yeah. I, and I allow the Word to just, to just speak for itself. Yeah. Then then I'm planting the seed. Right. Right. You know, and 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 um the way I you know, I got a lot of lot of little things from from pastors throughout the year but uh pastor pastor Glenn Glenn Feehan, he he used to say you know, you know how you know how they tell that a that a bill is fake in in uh the Federal Reserve and, and things like that is they they don't study the fake bills, mm, yep. right? They study the real ones yeah. so that if anything is off, right. they can recognize it in a second. I've, I've used that exact analogy before. Yeah. No, we've never said it to each other, but I've used that exact <laughs> analogy. I've said, you know- We've never said anything to each other. We, we didn't know, I didn't know he drew, <laughs> drove for Uber. I drove for Uber. Yeah. I didn't know he worked for, dealer, for dealerships, car dealerships. I've worked for car dealerships. Yeah. So like all these things we're just finding out yeah. as we're doing this podcast. Yeah, right, right. God, <laughs> it's God pretty interesting. Just, it's really the Holy Spirit. Like just, he's, you know, he's really here with us. And, yeah, it's pretty incredible. But I, I've said the exact same thing. I've said, you don't waste your time studying all the counterfeits because there's mm-hmm. going to be a, maybe a hundred different counterfeits. Oh yeah. You spend your time studying the real deal. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's what we're all about. Yeah. You know? what, what, like this is a specific, the specific thing that we do want to call this guy out, but, but spe- more specifically, you know, we, we love guys like Chuck Missler that just go deep into the deep, word. Deep. Yeah. And, and, and you can see like, as your eyes are being opened up to the word of God and to the truth of the gospel, you realize it, it's even more true than you thought. There are points when Chuck Misler, and this guy is, I don't know how old he is in his later years. Like he looks like know. he's he was 80s, old. 90s, something. Yeah, he was still going in. He, and he was still preaching. And there was times when he would expose something to somebody, right? That God had had a, had shown inside of the word of God, like the scarlet rope that the lady let down. Yeah, and then right. you find it's made out of a, made from a certain moth that is 
that goes into a cocoon, right? Yeah. That is uh, red, I believe. No, is white. Mm -hmm. the, it, and he turns into this white moth. Like, you know, that's his, yeah. like he's turned into the purity, right? Right. But when it leaves, it leaves a little, a little blood dot. Little you know, on the end of, uh, yeah, on the end of it. And right. So, and that's the silk that it produced, you know, like right. to make that, that, that rope. Yeah. Like that kind of thing, when he's reading it, you can just see his passion but yeah. he almost to the point where he just breaks down and cries in front of everybody and you're like dude you're 80 years old i yeah. cry all the time but he, and he, but he just is so moved by god and why he would make it so specific for us to learn so that we would see who he is truly that he just he just cries you know it's amazing it's, it's amazing it's experience true, to watch him actually humility, yeah know? it is man mm -hmm. <laughs> well it, god humbles you like that yeah i mean yeah, what, 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 yeah. yeah it's amazing you, you said yeah. it brilliantly i think that's awesome I'm just kind of hear what they're talking about. At that point, I'll say, amen, you and I agree. But of course, that asks, asks the follow-up question, okay, who do we mean by Jesus? There's a Mormon view of Jesus. There's an Islamic view of Jesus. There's a Buddhist view of Jesus. No. You said one of your videos, maybe you said, I don't remember which video it was, maybe a TikTok video. You said even agnostics and atheists can follow the way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious, the question that Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Yeah. How do you answer that question? Yeah, well, and I know when I get to discussing what I'm about to discuss, I lose a lot of people. So I just want to ask the audience to go with me here for a second. But um, one of my closest mentors these days is John Dominic Crossan, who is widely renowned as one of the world's leading Jesus scholars. And some of the language John, uh, John uses is about a Christ of faith and a Jesus of history. Uh, Father Richard Rohr also uses similar language. So when I think about Jesus, I first think of Jesus of history, which is let's historically examine the evidence we have for who Jesus was. Let's examine his culture and context. Let's use the best uh, writings we have from the New Testament. I am of the mind that the Gospel of Mark is the oldest and most reliable gospel. I think general scholarship agrees with me there. And so we're zeroing in on the best knowledge we have about the historical Jesus, and we construct an image of who that person was. The historical Jesus was a first century Jewish teacher uh, who believed he was the Messiah and who taught a subversive message that in some senses was unique and in some senses wasn't. Um, Jesus's message was also echoed by people that predated him, like Rabbi Hillel in the first century. Um, and so framing the historical Jesus is important. And then there's the Christ of faith, which for me is the Christ that emerges in the Gospel of John, for instance, um, which is the oldest gospel. And the gospel that I believe represents not history about who Jesus actually was, but how the early church began to conceive of Jesus after his death and resurrection. And at that point, we start seeing Jesus and John become divine. I argue that Matthew, Mark, and Luke we don't really have yeah. any clear, explicit, divine claims from Jesus. I don't think that the historical Jesus thought that he was God incarnate. Yeah, go. I think in John, we have early Christians that have finally come to understand this version of Christ that is fully divine. And I want to say that I have a relationship with both of those. Um, and I know at some level, I hold this as a tension and a mystery. I acknowledge that I think the historical Jesus is who existed in time and history and space. And... When I was 12 years old, I went down an aisle of a Baptist church and asked Christ into my heart and was transformed by this spirit of God that I know as Jesus Christ. And I can't deny that I've had that encounter and I can't deny an ongoing relationship with that Christ. 
but I also want to acknowledge the historical reality that I think best lines up with our scholarship and history. And so somewhere okay. in between there is where I view Jews. Okay. okay, all right. Brandon, you're good? Yeah. Okay, so what did he say? He said, um, to be, he says to be a Christian is to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. He says the Gospel of John is not historical. Mm. Man. He says Jesus did not believe he was God. So, but he also believes in the Christ as God. He can somehow separate those two things in his mind. He holds that he says, I hold those things in tension. Intention. That's called a contradiction. Right. Jesus, if he wasn't God, I just, it's so, it's so hard because he's saying so much that's, that's, that's a lie. It's like, yeah, Jesus did claim to be God. Mm -hmm. um, Several times. Right. And I have I have those scriptures pulled up, but I want to just kind of get your get your initial reaction to what he's saying. Well, it just it just when I first heard, it, I was like, man, this guy is like, he's lost basically. He's yeah. super lost. Not only that, he's leading people into the same kind of yeah. delusion that he's living in, you know. Um, and just just knowing it, and he gets he's saying the Book of John is is where he gets this information in the Book of John. It is actually the book of John is known as known as showing the identity of right identity of who Christ actually was, and that was God. Right. Right. And so in that book, he I mean, he talks to the Pharisees and he tells them, you know, if, if Moses were here now, you know, he could tell you who, who you're talking to, basically, right. right? Yeah. And you've studied this for umpteen years. Yeah. You know, your people have studied this for umpteen years, and I'm here, and you yeah. you don't know that it's me. Right. What more can I say that you will believe if you can't even know that I'm I am him? Right. You know, he is claiming to be the deity of yeah. God himself right in front of those guys. Yeah. And he, he's telling them that even Moses would know who I was because yeah, right. before him I was, you know, I was there. And yep. so it's like one of those things where he just repeatedly <laughs> is showing himself to right. be God. Yeah, right. And here we got a guy who read John and has interpreted to a point where he has problems even finding that that's the case, you know. Yeah. And, you know, just to just to show how when you know that the the woman that was made the wife, you know, had, her words are precise and, and of wise counsel, you yeah. know. As soon as my my wife heard a section of this guy talking. Oh, really? And he goes, and she doesn't know anything about this guy and she uh -huh. goes, Oh, that guy's a homosexual just trying to justify what he's doing. No way. Yeah, and I didn't know that. You said he's gay? She didn't know that? No, I didn't know it either. She and heard I, 10 seconds of that. It wasn't like 10 seconds. No like, way. Like five minutes, yeah. Are you kidding me? No. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. so he's he's openly gay. See? And he and that's insane. Yeah. That's, that's the Holy Spirit right there. That's a sermon. That's what I'm saying. It's like. Oh, my gosh. She that's just, giving me just crazy <laughs> Yeah, too, so that's what I'm saying. Is like when oh she said that, gosh. I was like. I don't even know if he's gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, wow. You know, and and so same thing because I was listening to this in preparation for today, and then my my wife she just goes, "Well, he's not even worshiping the same God. He's got a different God." Yeah. You know, right away. Okay. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. They usually speak the truth to us. Man. It's amazing. Yeah, that's that's so incredible, man. Wow. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for that. That's yeah. so awesome. So I want to just talk again. Go back to scripture. The significance when Jesus. I, I got okay. So it's it's Exodus three, verse fourteen. Just a little, little context. This is the burning bush, right? So Moses is 
communicating with Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And he's revealed himself in a burning bush, right? And uh, it says, Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, shall I say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you? And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? God is getting ready. He's, t- he's told Moses, he's commanded him, you know, you're going to go, you're going to free my people. He's like, okay, but who do I say sent me? What's your name? In this is verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. That's freaking yeah. amazing. He, yeah. he, God is, and that is, we kind of translate it into yod heh vav or Yahweh, yeah. Jehovah. We don't know how to, exactly how to pronounce it, but it's I am. That, 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 that's, in the, in the, and if you're if you're a Jewish right. person, you know exactly what that means. Yeah, yeah, you know that that means he's God. Right. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like, so 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 now now I go to the New Testament. I'm going to the Gospel of John, and this is the disc. It's a discord between Jesus and the Pharisees again. <laughs> and uh, so in, in this one, the Pharisees are. If you can imagine the tension of the situation, it's hard when we read the the, the, the gospel. Yeah, I like really, laying out the foundation. That's fine. Yeah, it's hard for us when we read it really understand like what was happening. And you can imagine if you're just a you know uh, you're in the first century and you're just kind of whatever. Maybe you're going to sacrifice a I don't know a dove or something like that. And then you're witnessing you you've heard of this guy Jesus. Maybe you don't know who he is, and then you obviously know who the Pharisees are because the Pharisees they're yeah. like the authority. They're like the you know whatever. And they're yelling at this guy. They're saying, well, at least we're not sons of fornication. They're calling Jesus a bastard because people know he was yeah. born out of wedlock. Out of wedlock, yeah. And uh, so they're having this back and forth. And you can imagine just the tension. And I actually really love the, the movie. It's just the Gospel of John literally in a movie form. And was, uh, and they're they're just, it, it's... Was he born out of wedlock? Uh, yeah, he would have been, yeah. Yeah, he was born before they. Oh well, oh was he? Well, either way, he was conceived out of wedlock. Okay, conceived okay. out of wedlock. Okay. Because okay. Yeah. you know, from their yeah. perspective. Okay, right? yeah, okay, just yeah. So, um, so I'm gonna read a little bit before. So this is the uh, this is in the midst of this like really serious argument. You can imagine just standing there, and you're looking back, looking at Jesus. You're looking at them. They're yelling at each other. It's like, oh my gosh! And they've threatened. I think at this point they've already threatened to kill him. But okay, so right here he says they say, "Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead?" And the prophets are dead. Whom, whom, whom makest thou thyself? Who, you know, who are you? You, you, you know, Abraham's dead. The prophets are dead. Who, who do you think you are, Jesus? Jesus answered, "If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. <laughs> and if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you." He's calling them liars. <laughs> But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. This is the part right here. Then said the Jews unto him, Art thou not yet 50 years old? And hast thou seen Abraham? You're not even 50 years old. Yeah, you're just a young dude. You don't even know know anything, dude. That's what they're saying. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took up they stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So if, if, just in case you might have missed the significance, and this is something that Chuck Mister says often, if you ever miss something, look to the Pharisees' reaction. How did the yeah. Pharisees react? Here, they tried to kill him. Yeah. They picked up stones, and that was the way Jews um, executed people for blaspheming. They yeah. would stone them to death. Yeah. So... 
if we we might we might see before Abraham was I am and we don't understand the cult. We're like, okay, I am. Well, I am. You know, we don't understand. He's he's referencing what in Exodus basically 3, 14, their father. He he's saying, you know, I, I I I know God. You don't know God. I'm telling the truth. You're lying. And then he says, before Abraham was, I am. He's claiming to be Yahweh. Yahweh. And then their response is to pick up stones and try and kill him because he's blaspheming, because he's calling himself God. Yeah. So this guy, Brandon Robertson, well, Jesus never even claimed to be God. Oof. It's just amazing to me, you know, because like, it's like. That know, means you don't know the word, man. I mean, you know the word because he, this guy's gone to seminary school, right? Yeah. He's, he's got, he's, he's gone through school. He went to Moody. Uh, oh, I that's think right. Sean yeah. Dell both went to that same school. And then now he's actually getting his PhD in uh, something biblical studies. Who knows what? Yeah. But that just to get back really quick to your wife, that's so crazy that she said that because that, that is just so discernment. Yeah, I didn't know. That's, yeah. that's exactly what, what's happening. I mean, it, it, if, if you really are going to break it down to just the most basic fundamental level, yeah. why would this guy who is a Christian, right? He's claiming to be a Christian, but he also is openly gay and he tells people that they can be gay, they can be polyamorous, they can be, you know, he tells people like basically any type of sexual lifestyle Ugh. is permissible, which is exactly what said, in, in Revelation. Jesus, Jesus would have loved that, he would say. Yeah, right. And, uh, but in Revelation, you know, Jesus is talking about this, this woman Jezebel, who basically tells what this guy is doing. You know, Jesus is saying like, yeah, you know, she leads my followers to just basically have, you know, sex with t temple prostitutes and do whatever they want. He says, you know, I mean, Jesus's rebuke is like, I'm going to kill her and her children with death. In Revelation, I can, I'm not on the scripture yeah. right now, but well, it's so serious, you know. Well, and, Jesus, when he comes back, just just to let all of our followers know, he ain't coming back like he came the first time, yeah. where he's all peaceful and all that. They say that he comes back with the wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of the Lamb that had been slain. Right. So this is revenge, basically, yeah. from God, and that's fulfillment of, you know, revenge is the Lord's. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yep. Yeah. I was just thinking about that today. It's like, dang, dude. So they, it's, it's serious for these people who especially are teachers that say that they're Christ followers. Yeah, man. But that, that's a, that's a, it just, it's just amazing to me that she got right down to the heart of the issue without having ever watched him before. You know, I, me and you were more analytical, just guys yeah. in general. Yep. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm going to the analytics. Yeah. She goes right to the heart of right the issue. Right to it because he's, their spectrum is so wide. He's yeah. homosexual trying to justify his sin. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Yeah, that's what she said. Spirit, and she was yeah. like flipping about you, know, like, and then she walked out of the room, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that's so amazing. I, I don't think I don't think he's gay, but right, she maybe, you know. That's, and then you were talking to me when you came in, and then that's exactly what you told me. It's like, yeah, so and so, he's he's gay, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, so I was like, whoa, yeah, that's crazy, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty interesting. Okay, so I I got some more. All right, good. There's more. The deity of Christ is something that I'm super passionate about. One of my good friends, actually, his name is Brandon. Mm -hmm. He's very passionate about it as well. And he kind of has shared some of this, some of his Bible study tools. Because when he was um, he was first saved, uh, he was going to a church. And one, one of his friends, his name was Manny, he just goes, does your church believe Jesus is God? And and, and Brandon kind of goes like, he's like, well, because he uh, he's a new Christian, right? Yeah. He's like, well, I don't know. I mean. I, yeah, I'm sure they do. And he asked his pastor the next week or whatever he asked him, he went to him. He said, you know, do, do you believe that Jesus is God? His pastor flipped out on him. He's like, man, this, this Jesus is God movement, this whole thing, it's crazy. What? This guy's a pastor and he doesn't, he didn't believe Jesus was God. So that this led, is bananas to me that that happens to people. I know, it, it, but, but it's, it's just, it's, that's how the Holy Spirit, you know, 
The Holy Spirit just sent Manny in that moment to just make sure that Brandon yeah. understood. Verify. Hey, you know Jesus is God, right? And so anyway, so, so Brandon has shared all this stuff with me. And uh, and that, that that was one of the main scriptures is um is the the confirmation from Exodus three fourteen and then John eight fifty eight when Jesus says I you know I am uh th- th- there's a couple of, okay so I want to go to uh I love this First Timothy three <laughs> First Timothy three sixteen oh here I got, actually got another one uh this one is where is it Philippians <laughs> well let's see. I don't know why I got Philippians 4 right here. Colossians 2 9, that's another one. No, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for this part, I guess. Colossians 2 9. Okay, well let's just start there. Huh? Just cut that little part out. It's like oh, I I think that the audience can can wait for a few minutes for or a few seconds for what you call it, but for any type of information that we're delving into. So I already read this one, but in Colossians 2 9, it says uh, and not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The all the fullness. It, it doesn't say some of the fullness. It says it's all part of, of the fullness. <laughs> a little bit of the fullness. Ninety percent of the fullness. It's incredible, man. It says uh, <laughs> we need to look into what that word "all" means. Yeah. <laughs> I got okay. It's like whoa. Okay, First Timothy three sixteen. I like it when it says all. You know, like love it, man. Cause it. it <laughs> First Timothy three sixteen. It's like a, I mean, this guy okay. walked on water. You know, like yeah, like he was sleeping in the boat when the storms were gone. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and these guys are crying. Lord, Lord, please wake up. We're in the middle of yeah. a storm, and he wakes up and he's like, "Don't you know you who you have in the boat?" Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's just. It's like paintbrush to him. Yeah, and he, sp- he speaks, and the, the guys are like, "What manner of man is this?" <laughs> yeah, I would be They're like, "Whoa, who is this guy, dude?" That's the G G G O D right it's there. It's just like we said before, um, when the when the Pharisees have their guards, they send their guards to arrest him, and then um, and then they come back, they they haven't, they haven't arrested him, and then the Pharisees are like, "Why didn't you arrest him?" Like we told him, and they say, "Never a man spake like this man." <laughs> <laughs> and they're just amazed by what you know. Yeah, they were still stunned. You yeah. know what I mean by what he was talking about. I got uh, First Timothy three sixteen. I think he's such a gangster, man. Really. Oh man, like he just shuts just, people just down straight so fast. Yeah, man. It's, and that's the difference between a lot of apologists and Jesus is that Jesus would just go straight to truth. Yeah, and that's like what your wife said did. Yeah, we're we're talking about all the analytical stuff. She went right to the heart of the issue. Yeah, he's like, oh, that guy's gay. He's just trying to justify what he's doing. It's amazing. Dude. <laughs> it's incredible. That's that's the sermon. This is 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Check this out, dude. Check this out, Brandon Robertson. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Hmm. There's only one person received in glory. It's amazing, dude. Right. God, you know, God was manifest in the flesh. That's, yeah. and, you know, in the beginning was the word. How can you read John and not? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. You know. Yeah. And and oh, it's just amazing. Like in the flesh, this man came down. I got. I got one more. And like, chose the least likely people to be his disciples, and they impacted the world. My wife said something to me that has always stuck with me. It's like 
The man had such an impact on the world that he stopped time and it started over. Yeah, right. Who else has done that? That's such a profound thing. It's like, what year is it? It's twenty twenty two. Since when? Why? Why is it twenty? Why isn't it? You know, why isn't it sixty twenty two? He stopped time. Yeah, he's fact, the center it was of the everything. second time he stopped time, actually. Yeah, <laughs> he's the he's the center of everything. Absolutely. I got another one. Uh, I got First John five uh, seven. There are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Uh, later in the thing, Brandon, we're going to talk to a separate section, but later Brandon's going to deny the Trinity, but so we might, we might do that later. But I got a bunch more. But I think Nabil Qureshi or whatever is, yeah, yeah. has probably, because of the dialogue between him and the Muslim, right? Yeah. When he's talking about how they believe in a certain certain values of the, of, you know, uh-huh. of Allah, you know? And how they have a book that came out after, mm-hmm. you know, the the Torah or whatever, whatever they call it, the Quran, yeah. and and that uh, that it defines God mm-hmm. in a certain way, and that's afterwards, right? So, and then we take the Trinity, and Trinity didn't come into play until right. you know later on, a hundred yeah. hundred years afterwards, whatever. But I was telling my son the, last night, I was like, you know, when you're describing the Trinity, you're talking about the Father, the Son. And the Holy Spirit, and if you're going to talk about those people every time you mentioned them, right? Mm-hmm. As an as a person within language, you would come up with a word, right? Yeah, that just defined like, right. oh, there's three people, one Trinity, you right, know. Right, right. So it all makes sense in 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 the mind of right. of uh, of a human being. But to say that just because a word is not in the in the Bible, right? doesn't mean that the values of that word aren't mentioned in the Bible. This is the very last thing Jesus said in Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's another thing. The, the, the deity of Christ. All power in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus Christ. But why, why would he say given to me? Why? Because his right. Father, God, who is still outside in space and time, yeah, right. which is him, right? Yeah. Is there also because right. he's God? Yeah, you know, right. he's capable yeah. of manifesting himself anywhere he wants to be, yeah, right. in any form he wants, yeah. in a bush if he wanted to. Yeah, you know? right. yeah. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelled bodily. In Jesus <laughs> it's amazing. He says in verse nineteen, this is chapter twenty-eight, Matthew. He says, "Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost." But Brandon is saying the Trinity is like not, it's just not there. You know, he, he he says it later. He says, well, the Trinity is just clearly not in the Bible. You know, it's, it's, it, we made it up, you know, took about the creeds and stuff like that. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, we'll probably wrap it up right there. Yeah. You know, just, uh, this, this will be a, a good, good amount of things to chew on for everybody. Yeah. We only showed a couple of clips, but you know, it's, um, it's, it's it's so important to understand like sound doctrine because God has revealed himself through his word. And the word is also like, you know, Jesus Christ is the word, right? Mm-hmm. And so Jesus Christ is the rock mm-hmm. in Matthew 7, 24. So if you're going to build your house upon the rock, mm-hmm. you need to know the word. You need to know the word. You need to, the, the word is the difference between the world of worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Yep. That's how you can discern. It's interesting because the, the word... Uh, is one it's got it says in the scripture that 
it's written on your heart. You know, if you were yeah. called counsel and you had to, you had to, you were there in front of somebody that he would fill your mouth with the words, right? Right. With the words oh, that yeah. you needed, Back right? And and then he has, he says that the word is written on your heart. Also, the kingdom of heaven is within. So, okay, so where's that? That's your heart, right? Mm. And heart in the in this in this form doesn't mean just your heart. Mm-hmm. It means your center, entire center of your being is what it means. Okay, and then God says, "My throne is on your heart." That's where the wow. the the Christ throne is. So He is the Word. He is written on your heart, and yeah. it's His throne. Right. You know, and that's why it says to guard your heart too. You know, there's wow. it just there's all kinds of things that lead yeah. to that whole scripture being. Hey, the kingdom of heaven is within me. However, it is Christ that is within me that makes it so, not you that makes it so. And where this guy has sort of stuck, stopped at himself. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. It's like Unitarian Church, that kind of thing. They teach that whole the whole concept of Jesus as part of the soul, you know, and meaning the brain, you know, the mind, you know, like, and that you are. sort of god you know because jesus and that's that's yeah. sort of like what he's sort he of gets saying later, yeah. you know he's sort of saying that we are all gods you know he gets into it later and yeah and we're, we'll, we'll we'll go you know we'll do a different section for this but um it's crazy yeah it's pretty yeah. it's pretty interesting that there's people out there that actually like consider themselves to be you know the the end all to everything but yeah right you know when they pass they too will be forgotten and, I know. you know but the words of christ and himself and God Himself will never be forgotten. Yeah. Never. Yep. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's what Jesus said. That's right. And it's true today, two yeah. thousand years later. You yeah. Know? I mean, like, we're too. Think about it, like you know, we're Americans, and yet we believe in in a, in a Jewish guy that lived two thousand years ago. Yeah. How, it's like when you think about it, it's like why would we believe that? Like man. our culture is like mostly like a Babylonian culture. Like we, oh, man. we, we, we just live for ourselves, you know, in our it's culture, crazy. We, we just live for pleasure. You know, we, we, we love money. You know, we, it's like, why would, why would these people that live in, in, a, in basically a second kind of Babylon be hearkening back to a guy who was a Jewish a Messiah for, for the Jews 2000 years ago. And yet we're, we're, we're so devoted to him that, that we would, you know, we want to give our lives to. Pray. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it doesn't make know, any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Yeah. But well, we hope that um, my wife had mentioned to me that if we're going to be doing this, that we had opened it up to to people that if you do have questions and you 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 aren't saved that and you you want to have somebody to talk you through that and get in and become saved, that you can always email us up, email us at uh, the choice podcast at outlook.com mm. and uh, we can we can definitely take your emails and we can definitely lead you uh down that that path and that with that prayer uh again that's jonathan Ki- not jonathan that's a, <laughs> that's a different the, one. Cho- the choice podcast at outlook.com that's awesome. all right thank y'all cool man